Welcome to the podcast. I am your host, Hayden. And I'm your co-host, Gavin. I'm just here for fun. I'm Calvin. I'm your government expert, Chandler. And we are going to be having this podcast on uh, executive powers. And so let's get right into it. Um, first thing we want to talk about is uh, we want to ex- explain the, the structure and function of the U.S. government in relation to the executive powers. All right, and I'm here to do that. So just some of the basics, the United States government has three branches, legislative, executive, and judicial. Each branch works together to uh, set laws and enforce laws and interpret laws. And uh, executive powers tie into this because, uh, well, the president can veto laws. The president uh, has various executive powers that have an impact on the uh, other branches, but are also checked. Those same powers are checked by the other branches. So then, where in this con- where in the Constitution can you find these executive powers, Chandler? All right. So here we got uh, one quote from the Constitution: "The president shall be commander in chief of the army and navy of the United States." Article two, section two, clause one. Another executive power. Quote, he shall have the power to grant reprieves and pardons for offenses against the United States, except in cases of impeachment. Again, Article 2, Section 2, Clause 1. He shall have power, by and with the advice and consent of the Senate, to make treaties, provided two-thirds of the senators present concur. Article 2, Section 2, Clause 2. And uh, he shall nominate, uh, and by and with the advice and consent of the Senate, shall appoint ambassadors, other public ministers and consuls, judges of the Supreme Court and all other officers of the United States, whose appointments are not herein otherwise provided for and which shall be established by law, end quote, in uh, Article 2, Section 2, Clause 2. So those are the various examples of uh, executive powers in the Constitution. So uh, how do the separation of powers as well as checks and balances apply to executive powers? Gavin? All right, so the other two, bran- the other two branches, the judicial and the legislative, each a branch has checks and balances to make sure each one doesn't have too much power. So with the judicial branch, the way that the executive branch has checks on the judicial branch is that the president can nominate the judges. And how the judicial branch has checks on the executive branch is that the judicial branch can can declare certain acts by the president unconstitutional. Then there's also checks and balances with the legislative branch where the executive executive branch uh, can veto congressional legislative legislation, which is a check from the uh, executive branch onto the legislative branch. But the legislative branch has checks on the executive branch because they can approve presidential nominations and they control the budget and they can pass laws over the president's vetoes and they can also <coughs> impeach the president from office. All right, so. Uh... How does this topic relate to a current issue or historical event on executive powers? So this topic relates to when President Donald Trump declared a national emergency to get the funding for his wall on the southern border. Many thought it was an unconstitutional act, but based on the National Emergency Act that was enacted in 1976, what Donald Trump did was actually considered constitutional. Uh, some arguments about it were, so the other side did not think it was necessary to do the national emergency. Um, that's because the national emergency was used to stop trade with foreign countries back in the day, 
where he just called a national emergency to essentially take money from the defense budget for the United States for an issue that is a problem in our country, but not necessarily needed that much money to take care of. All right. Okay, so now we're gonna open up to a argument section portion of our podcast, uh, talking about what we think about the president being able to nominate other members of the executive branch. So uh, Chandler, what do you think about this topic? Well, I think that uh, the president just basically nominating, choosing whatever person he wants is not the most uh, democratic system because there's no way for the people to decide who gets nominated. There's no way for the people to know who the president is going to nominate. So the, the fact that the people don't really have a say in this is why I'd say that maybe there should be more uh, checks from the legislative branch and maybe even the judicial branch on the executive power of uh, presidential nominations. Well, I think that how it is right now is good because right now the president can nominate basically whoever he wants as long as he thinks they're able to fill the role and do their job. So he knows what they're capable of and he knows that they get along with each other. So say like if somebody gets nominated that the president completely disagrees with and doesn't really, isn't able to work well with them, nothing's really going to be able to get done. And if the president can nominate people, a lot more stuff will be able to get done and he'll be able to work with them better and create a better country. All right. Uh, thanks for your insight, Gavin. Uh, um, so, yeah, we're just going to wrap it up there. And, uh, yeah, listen in next week.